Now in the church, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. Just so you know, yes, we are in a church, but sometimes there's unclean demons in a church. Okay? I need you to understand something as, as, as we have a, a body here that, that cares about one another and as this body grows and, and revival carries and, and lives are changed, we are going to see more and more of that. No one should be ashamed of coming to church to be set free. This is where people should be coming to be set free. This is the, this is the doctor's office where people come to get set free. We shouldn't be having phone calls saying, hey, is this, or is this not Mr. or Mrs. Thomas? I can only speak to Mr. Thomas for this medical report. No, 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 this is the place where people come to get set free. It, blo- it boggles my mind that sometimes the, the world has learned from religion that they're scared of the church. Oh, I don't wanna come and get judged. That's the devil at work, but we are not judging people here. Right? Like, my, like, my, like the saying says, you know, you point your finger at somebody, you, you got three pointing back at you. Right? Judge yourself. <laughs> Look at yourself before you, before you start casting stones, all right? This is a house of freedom. It's gonna be coming more and more and more and more and more and more of a house of freedom. We haven't seen the tip of it yet. We haven't seen the tip of it yet. Man, pastor, wait till, wait till drug dealers and prostitutes are coming up in here and pastors of, you, of your friends are calling you like, so pastor, like, you're talking to prostitutes? You talked to a, a, a prostitute today? Yeah. That will trip out some pastors. We, we expect the church to be clean and tidy and squared away. There was a, there was a demon man that was possessed and he was in the church, but he got set free. He got set free. Amen? This is where you should be coming to be set free. You know, I've been in church services where the first, the second, I stand corrected, the second lady I ever prayed for, God's grace is more than enough for you to walk out when praying for somebody. You don't have to have a, a ministry degree. You don't have to be a five-fold minister. God's grace is more than enough for you to pray for somebody when you ain't never prayed for anybody and setting them free of being possessed by a demon. Full-on manifesting, you know, you're, I'm walking across the, the, the infield of this crusade ground and I'm like, I don't know what's happened with her, but I, I gotta find out, that looks pretty fun. And I didn't know anything of it. So I go over and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is the real deal. What do I do? I literally was like, Lord, what do I do? Show me what I do. What do I, how do I do this? How do I take care of this? And you know what he said? He's like, grab her by the side of the face, tell her to open her eyes in Jesus' name, and let her know how much the love of Jesus sets her free. And the cross of Calvary was victory. And, and I kept on saying that. And I'm like, what else? Oh my gosh, this is insane. This is crazy. The Bible's real. Like all of it. Like, like all of it. And then the Holy Spirit answers me, right? If you talk to him, he'll answer. If you ask him, he'll answer. And I got to the point where I'm like, I don't know how much more I can take this. My physical body was getting whooped, to be honest. And he says, say it right now in Jesus' name, get out. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I should have remembered that. 
sorry, my hamster's a little slow up there in that, in that running wheel, man. It finally got there. And I said it and boom, she gets set free and she collapses in me. And she's, she's like five foot, probably five, five, maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. And she collapses in me. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh, I have this demon possessed lady in my chest. Like what's happening right now? Sorry, I'm a rookie at this. Never done it before. Got thrown into it. And, uh, and I'm kind of like peeling her off me. I'm like, I got to see your eyes because you were looking crazy. And, uh, and, and, and the Holy Spirit helped me again. And he says, ask her to say, I love you, Jesus. And I said, hey, 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 let me hear you say, I love you, Jesus. And she goes, I love you, Jesus. And she lifts up her hands and tears start coming down her face. And she smiles and I'm like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing, her eyes. And all I saw was how pretty her eyes were and her smile was. Beautiful. And then, and then Herbert, he, he smacks me on my arm and he shows me this other lady. And I'm, all, I'm like, yeah, man! Like flying off the top rope like we're in wrestling or something, right? And, and so I, I go trotting across the infield and I go to this other lady and she is full on possessed. She's screaming, growling, you know, opens her mouth all down her right side of her tongue's bloody as can be. She was biting and chewing on her tongue. And then she tried to bite me. And I moved my hand real quick and you know, me being me, I'm like, you can't bite me, you can't hurt me, devil. I'm a child of God, washing the blood. It wasn't until I heard her testimony, I was like, what was I thinking? She had accepted a lion into her when she was 12 years old. She was about approximately 24, if I can remember correctly. Uh, Her name was Caroline, or Carolyn. And uh, this, this lion that she accepted was telling her to eat people and drink their blood. So she was no joke trying to latch on to my bone and skin. And, uh, and she didn't get it, but this, this fighting for a soul was moving back six, 10 feet, moving forward six, 10 feet. It went on like this, and it went on like this, and it went on like this. She gets set free, and she says, I heard there were Americans coming to preach the gospel and I had to get set free. I, no matter what, I wasn't leaving. These demons, these black lions were circling her, pushing her back, she said, saying, leave, you're ours, we're not letting you go. Leave, leave. And she said, no, not tonight. Tonight's different, I'm gonna follow Jesus. Tonight, glory to God. She said, tonight's different, I'm gonna follow Jesus. She said, not tonight. Tonight, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And then she said, that's when I heard, the, she, called me, she called me the bald man. That's when I heard the bald man say, leave in Jesus' name, and she said I was free. But she said, tonight is different. I'm gonna follow Jesus. I want you to remember that. Remember that word that she spoke. Tonight's different. I'm gonna follow Jesus. I need you to remember that. I will, help, I will try to help you remind you that. I understand? And so Jesus rebuked him saying, uh, be quiet and come out of him. And he did and, and so forth. And then it goes on and this is how important tonight is. God is so awesome. He's so amazing when we read the word and he makes the word come alive to us and says, hey, what you're doing is holy. What you're doing has been blessed by me. What we are doing tonight has been blessed, ordained and planned and put into process by God the Father. 
Well, what do you mean? You're, we're just going to church on a Wednesday. Maybe that's why you don't get a lot of your prayers answered. Because we're just going to church on a Wednesday. This is what I do so people don't call me. I'm just going to show up so I don't get a phone call and say, hey, how you doing? Are you doing okay? You didn't see a church. Come on. In verse 40, when the sun was setting, how many people drove here tonight as the sun was setting? Right? As the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. You know, as I was reading that, I'm like, this is like a crusade. See, what we do here is like a crusade. See, if I can't go on a mission field, I'm bringing the mission field here. That's what I have succumbed to. If I can't go on a mission field, this is my mission field right now tonight. So welcome to the crusade of Boise, Idaho, 2020, October 14th, okay? I I, got to get on a plane. I couldn't get on a plane and go to have a crusade, so let's do it here. The sun was setting and we drove here. Do you understand? Blessed by God. We are doing what we should be doing. That's number one. If we're doing what we should be doing, if we're emulating the book and the word, it's blessed. And then people were sick and they came in the evening to the church with various diseases. See, it doesn't matter what you're sick of. It doesn't matter what disease you have. It doesn't matter the name of what disease you have. It doesn't matter. Jesus is the name above all names. There's no sickness that's tougher or stronger than what Jesus did on the cross. Not one. Those stomach sicknesses, the people that came up, they're not stronger than Jesus. They got healed. Oh, pastor, how do you know that? Well, one, I know. Let's wrap up. Hey, hey, if you came up here, raise your hand if you got healed. Raise a hand. Come on, raise a high. One, two, I remember her, 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 yep, her, him. Sorry, it was the sweater. He's a, just so y'all know, he's a Bible college student, and I re- honestly, I, I love Gabriel. Um, <laughs> I'll buy you coffee. <laughs> Look what happens if you come to Bible college. And so, so they came, he laid his, wait, he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So wait a minute, if you, if you decide to come to a crusade, at a sunset, right? In the evening, a crusade, and you come or you bring sick people with you or you're sick and you get hands laid on you, you get healed. That's just, it's fact. I'm not arguing that with you, it's fact. It says it right here. It didn't say a few got healed, it said all got healed. See, I'll even go this far. Pastor Bill, we had the healing meeting on, on last, last Wednesday. That was last Wednesday, the first of the month. That was the healing meeting. There's some stories in here that are about you. There are. Jesus, Jesus, sorry, I had to get through this too because I'm like, we had the healing meeting, Lord. Preaching to myself. I already got preached. I already walked through that. And I'm like, is this a healing? This is another healing night. We've had healing. Lord, what are you doing? Yeah, there are some people that did that to Jesus too. 
hey, this is Sunday, what are you doing? Jesus had to preach to him about Sunday. And demon, check it out, man, all of them got healed. Oh, don't forget the demons. See, demons also came out of many crying out and saying, you are the Christ, the son of God. Amen? Come on, man. What we do here is not normal. Unfortunately. And when I say that, it's not normal to the world. It is very normal here. This is what we've come to grow and to expect. It's what we expect. Why do we see it? Because we'll preach about it. We'll be bold enough to preach about it. We'll be bold enough to lay hands on the sick. And we are bold enough to say, our Jesus is alive. He didn't die just to die. He's not Buddha. He's not the other, other idols. No, no, no. Jesus died on the cross, was buried for three days, and he rose again. The grave is empty. The grave's empty. That's why we see what we see, because we preach about it, because we believe it, because we've seen it. We saw it here tonight already, and we are not finished. We are not finished. We're only starting. We've only seen the tip of the iceberg. Are we, are we ready to open up our, ooh, are we ready to open up our homes to people we don't even know because they're flying in with what has been told to them, an incurable disease? Are we ready to have a Rolodex at the church that says, I have a spare bedroom, it's open? Are, are we ready? Are you ready to be one of the people that comes down and, and lowers them down from the roof? We want revival. Do you? Does your schedule allow it? Sorry for getting in your business. I want to see lives changed. I want to see a million hands raised in, in, in answering an altar call. I want to see people cured of every incurable disease that man says is incurable. I want to see it all so that Jesus gets the glory and more people get into heaven because I tell you what, when you start seeing healing like that, you can't help but get saved. It's the dinner bell to salvation. It makes it so easy. So are you ready? Praying for it, wanting it, are you ready to do what's required of it? Are we ready? I wanna say yes. I wanna say yes. Yes, bring in, bring in somebody from Southwest China. Bring in somebody, bring, whew, bring in the president from China. I forgot his name, but bring that little dude in. What? Yeah, bring him in, get him healed of some incurable disease, and then he gets to know Jesus? That would probably tell me that that whole country gets to know Jesus. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Come on. Sorry, I have an imagination. God says anything that you imagine, far greater and abundant he can do, right? Let's get all of China saved. I'm not wishing that he gets sick, but... <laughs> Wouldn't that be an amazing testimony? That'd be the bomb. That would be awesome. And so what we're doing here tonight is ordained. What we're doing here, like Jesus did. It's not just church. It's blessed. Why? Because it's the will of God that we do this. 
It's the will of God that we do this. Amen? So, so then Jesus departs. He goes into, into Galilee and so forth. But then get this. Uh, see, I'm not going to leave you alone. I, I'm getting into you. I'm trying to get into you tonight so that we can get you up. In chapter 5, it goes on where, where it says Jesus called some of his disciples. And in verse 2, it says, And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. You know, I, honestly, I, I, I can't wait when it gets to the point, man, where like, I say we can't wait, but probably should, because it would be uncomfortable. It's been uncomfortable a little bit. Is to the point of like the multitudes are forcing us to preach from somewhere else because we can't be there. We need more seating space. We need, but we need a bigger stage. Yeah, but right now we don't have a bigger stage, so we need the stage to come back because we need more seating space because we have thousands of people coming in every day, every day of the week. Are you ready to do what's required? Are you on the dream team? Ooh. Sorry, sorry, trying to help. Just trying to help. I want to see you walk out the will of God for your life. I want to see you lay the hands on the sick. I want to see as people are, are getting wheeled up the ramp out here and then say, hey, people get healed here. Yeah, let me pray for you. And you lay your hands on the sick. People getting healed before they walk in so they can just enjoy the service. So they can enjoy the presence of God instead of going, oh, man, just get to the altar call. Get to the altar call. Get to the No, 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 let's, let's just have the dream team members out in the parking lot, people getting healed in the parking lot so they can enjoy the presence of God. Amen? Deaf people here, come on. Deaf people getting healed in the parking lot, Pastor Mickey, and the first things they hear is worship music. Come on, I know you think I'm just talking and preaching, but I'm not just preaching. Come on, that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. And so he told them to go out and, uh, and he starts preaching to the multitude. When he stopped preaching, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. See, how many of us, I've been there, I try to fight from not being there again and getting there, but how many of us are too comfortable in where you're at right now? You're too comfortable. Maybe God has been getting into you. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit has been trying to speak to you, trying to lead you, but you're too comfortable. We have a mandate from God. What, I don't know about any mandate. Yeah, 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 check it out. It's called the Great Commission. We have a mandate from God. We, have, we are all involved in this amazing thing called the Ministry of Reconciliation. It's amazing, all of us. Don't have to be a five, don't have to be called into the fivefold, don't have to be responsible to teach the saints, held to teach the saints. You, we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation, all of you. If you're saved, welcome to the ministry. And that's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching tonight. Are you too comfortable? Look, we're human beings, we have to fight it. Alarm goes off this morning. How many push snooze? Raise your hand. 
That means we have to fight being comfortable. Sorry. Right? Have to fight it. So Jesus told them, told Simon to launch out into the deep. Now, I'm not saying that the deep that I'm referencing is some other country or some other state. The deep is what the Lord has asked you to do. It could be the Starbucks attendant. It could be, it could be the person sitting next to you at the cubicle at work. It could be your spouse. It could be your child. It could be your boyfriend. It could be your girlfriend. It could be, it could be a plethora of many people, Right? The deep is not necessarily somewhere else. And the deep doesn't mean, oh, that's Pastor Bill's call. Like, whew, thank God I'm not Pastor Bill and have to go to like nations and start schools and, and, and churches and like go to like Africa where it's hot and uncomfortable and sweaty and, and you might get killed. Like, and, but there's some other places he's, he's told me that are rad, I guess. Haven't gone there yet, but we're gonna. Because God told us to, Right? Are you gonna be part of that deep? Are you gonna be part of the launching out to the deep? Look, I know, I know specific individuals that are called to help launch out to the deep. And you know what? They get to sit right here. Miss Amy said, um, I believe last Sunday or the Sunday before, or maybe both Sundays, she gets to be an evangelist wherever Operation Christmas Box goes. And she loves it. I've asked, I'm like, Miss Amy, like, when are you going to go to Uganda with us? <laughs> Enough said. But here's the deal. She's, if she's not supposed to, she shouldn't. Right? The anointing's here. Mom's anointing is here. Right? This is her deep. Where's your deep? Are you part of the sending of the deep? You know that's a ministry? It's not the fivefold ministry, but it's, the, it's part of the ministry called ministry of giving. The ministry of giving. Let's, let's go there real quick. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we'll start in verse eight. He who exhorts, I hear pages, but I'm gonna go. You'll get there. Sorry, if you ever, if you, if, I'm telling on myself right now. If you ever wonder why I get so like, kind of excited, um, Pastor Doug knows this because we, we were talking about it. Um, I kind of already know where the service is supposed to go. I didn't know too much in the middle. <laughs> Knew the beginning. <laughs> and I know what the end looks like. Kind of jumped off from there. And like Pastor Doug said, he exhorted me. He's like, dude, he'll tell you where the rest is in the middle. And if you don't know, just start in the beginning and go to worship. <laughs> and he's right. And I also go to a default. Hey, if I'm really going and it's not going so hot, I'll just start praying for people. Get me out of the way. Let's start laying hands on people and get people healed, set free. All, you know, let's, let's just get me out of the way, okay? So um, 
if you wonder why he's like, man, people are still turning pages. He's like, man, he's in a hurry. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> so in verse 8, he, he who exhorts in our exhortation. Now, don't get mad at me. He who gives with liberality. In another, in another translation, it says um, generosity. With generosity. And I know, so, I know some people in, like, specifically, they're like, hey, what do you need when you go? I'm gonna tell on myself. The first time, the second time we went to Africa, I shared, uh, uh, my wife knows this, the person that offered this knows this, and then one other person, because I said, hey, I need help in this area. So this was, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago or something like that. This person calls and says, hey, I know you're going to Africa. We want to bless you with whatever video camera you need. We want everything documented, everything like that. I was so taken back and so shocked, I couldn't accept it. I didn't know how to accept it. I had no clue how to accept it. I didn't know what to do. The person was so, I mean, they are in the ministry of giving. No joke, man. It is so awesome to see the blessings that they get and receive from the Lord because how much they give to the ministry. They're not giving it to Bill. They're not giving it to me. They're giving it to the ministry. Do you hear me? They're giving it to the ministry. I've learned since then. <laughs> if somebody wants to bless the church, the mission field, new churches, Bible colleges, bring it. And here's the reason I say that. Because now I've seen the blessings in those people's lives because they give to the ministry. And without you, without you, how's it done? How, I mean, how's it done? It, the word says that he's searching to and fro, not just for the fivefold. He's like, I need somebody to give. I need somebody to give. That maybe that's your deep. As we continue to walk out the call of God on, on, on our church, of starting churches, planting churches, producing pastors, producing pastors. As I was praying about tonight, I, I recalled this, the Holy Spirit reminded me, and I started getting overwhelmed with it, and he started giving me more, more revelation about it. Um, I just think it's amazing, like 12 years ago, the Holy Spirit shared with pastors to start a Bible college. And how many was in that first class? Half dozen? Dozen? More? Oh, way more. I didn't know that. Like 20? He doesn't know. But 12 years later, it's like, hey, we need, we need ministers and we need we need the saints to go start churches. Yeehaw! <laughs> There's no dirt here. 
It's a real gift. It's a real ministry gift that the, that the Lord Almighty has placed upon you that's imperative for the ministry of the church to be built and for the ministry to go out. In Philippians chapter four, uh, verse 16, I'll, I'll show you there. This is Paul writing, I departed from Macedonia. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. I departed from Macedonia. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. The fruit that abounds to your account. Heavenly reward. Again, I'll never forget doing something for somebody and, and, and I thought it was just, I mean, hey, uh, I thought it was a, a friendly thing to do, the right thing to do. The person sends me back a text that says, your reward's in heaven. I sat at my dinner table and was blown away by that text message back to me. It helped teach me that I was thinking in the flesh that I would do this for, for a friend of who it was. And the response back to me taught me I'm thinking of just earthly things. And it has changed my whole paradigm of, no, 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 I'm, do, I'm doing things for eternity. We must be eternity-minded. We've got to be eternity-minded. And I believe we are a church that's eternity-minded. Our church is awesome, man. Like, no joke, Matt, come on. We, we have a church that want to be used. Amen? We have a church that goes out and evangelizes in the streets of Boise and gets people saved and healed and set free. We have healing meetings here that people get healed. We have hospitals that send the sick here. That's your church. That, do you see? That's your church. That, come on, man. What we are doing here is God-ordained and God-planned. It's God-ordained and God-planned. When we do what Jesus did, God blesses it. He's like, ooh, I got people that honor me. What else did Jesus do? He went around casting out demons. He went around raising the dead. He went around teaching and preaching the word of God. He went around preaching and teaching the word of God. The gospel is the good news. I'm gonna dumb it down completely for you because that's how I think. When I read something, I'm like, I need simpler terms. Scratch and sniff something. I need something super simple, God. I'm waiting for the Bible that is scratch and sniff. I, I, there's some people out there like, well, anointing, my smells like anointing. And uh, here's the deal. If, if you don't know what to share, because that can be a thing, as we, as we go out and be Jesus to people, sometimes we get in fear of, I don't know what to share, I'm not smart enough, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a teacher, I don't know the Bible well enough. We share the gospel. The gospel is this, the good news. It's as simple as that. What's the good news? How did you get saved? Nobody, no preacher, the best preacher in the entire world cannot preach your testimony of salvation better than you can. So you know what you share with somebody? 
you share with them how God saved you and set you free. And because it's your testimony and it's your gospel message, people are moved by it because here's the deal. Most people, even tonight, you're not gonna really remember all that I said. But you may catch the spirit of it. You may catch my passion of it. You may catch my compassion for you to share it. More so than you're gonna remember 100% of what I've said. How do I know that? Because I'm, I'm a human being too. So what do you share? You share your salvation message, testimony to somebody, and then you just say, that's how I got saved. Do you wanna get saved? Hey, can I lay hands on you? The Bible says that when, when believers lay hands on the sick, they shall recover in Jesus' name. You're feeling sick? Let me put my hands on you, and I'm gonna pray for you, and Jesus is gonna heal you because he died for you, and you were already healed 2,000 years ago. You just have to receive it right now like if I gave you a dollar. If I gave you a dollar, would you take it, or would you say, no, I don't want it? Everybody would take it. So you kind of explain it that way, right? So I wanna, I wanna go here. This is where we're going. We're all called, every single one of us. Maybe some of us have grown weary. Maybe some of us, notice when I say this, I'm, I'm really just asking a, a rhetorical question that I don't already know the answer to. Look, if you've grown weary and you're like, yeah, but man, it's been so long and nothing's happened. Okay, well, we can work through that. We can pray for boldness, a refreshing, a recommitment on your behalf. Yes, that means you recommit and say, okay, from this day forward, I know my calling and I'm gonna do it. And that takes asking some people questions of, well, what do we do? How do we do this? Oh, it's kind of crazy, but like part of it is getting trained. Getting trained up. Yeah, weird, we have a Bible college. Weird. Weird, we have, God put a pastor in this house with a calling on his life to train up pastors. Weird. He put a pastor in this house. I mean, he wishes it was San Diego, but you know. <laughs> It's Boise, Idaho. <laughs> he put pastors here with a heart for you that God gave him. It, 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 that, that, that's in Jeremiah chapter three. You're here because God gave pastor a God's own heart for you. Not his own heart, but God's own heart for you. That means he's graced and the people he has selected have been, has been graced to shepherd you, to train and equip you for the working of the ministry. Look, guys, this, is not, this isn't a dead church. This isn't a church where you get to, you get to come and just sit and, and like stand by. I tried it for two and a half years right back there. I tried it. Suspect number one. We came in every morning right through the kids section because like dump off the kids, sit about, like I could point out to where I sat. Right there, I'm pointing at that gal, gal right there. 
Like, raise your hand. Yep, right there. The one that's waving right there with her left hand. That's like where I sat. I sat there, got rocked by a sermon by Pastor Mark the first Sunday I was here that I had questions for 16 years. And I went, uh-oh. And then it was about two, it was about a year and a half later, they showed a stinking testimony video. Man! of a husband and wife that went to Bible college together, and I went, oh, no. I got to go. I don't want to go. I know if I go, I got to quit my job. I don't want to quit my job. I want to retire with a bunch of money in the bank. I don't want to quit my job. I want to retire with a bunch of money in my bank. I don't want to meet anybody. don't want to know anybody. Church would get out. Boom, we're back out. Go home, sleep for the day, go back to work. Did it for two and a half years. <laughs> Joe, you looked for me for two and a half years, didn't you? We had mutual friends that I worked with at the police department. And he's like, no, he's tall, he's bald, he goes there. And and Joe's like, never seen him, I look for him all the time. (laughs) Joe wasn't looking in the fourth row, five rows deep and out. That's where Joe had to look. We're putting away chairs from a dream team event right back here. And he goes, hey, you're Bill Thomas. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You know Joe Martinez, I've been looking for you for two and a half years. Oh, well, nice to meet you. And then we've become friends. You can't hide out in this church. It's too much movement. There's too much ministry going on. You can't hide. You can't hide. It's because we don't want you to get comfortable and stay in the shallows. No, I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want you to stay in the shallows where the water just comes up to and covers your toes. No, no, no. Go to the deep. See, when Jesus said, said to Simon, hey, go to the deep and launch your nets, that was a problem. It was a whole other teaching I don't even want to get into. But when they came back, this is the powerful part. When they came back, worship team, get ready. When they came back, they left everything they knew and followed him. They left everything they knew and followed him. Wives, can you imagine this? Your husband comes home and says, hey, by the way, I just retired. I'm following him. Him who? Who's him, and what are you following him to do? We don't know. We don't know. Wife's like, how are we getting money? I don't know. I didn't ask about a salary. He told us to leave, like, leave their nets and, and follow him, so we said yes. Similar story, huh? Similar story of mine. He told me to leave, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow him. Hey, how, how are you going to get paid? I don't know. I remember Pastor Mark asking me that question, and I'm like, I don't have a plan. Was I supposed to have a plan? (laughs) I had no clue. And so that was one of the things, right? So I wanna ask you this. If you know that you have a calling, a five-fold ministry calling to preach, to teach, be an evangelist, an apostle, a prophet, and you know you have a calling and you've, you've let it fade away, you let, it, you let it grow weary. You didn't believe it. Or you thought it would have happened already. You thought it would have happened already. 
during worship, I want you guys to come up and I want you to own. I want you to own this part here. Right here, right in front of me. I want you to own this part. And I want you to worship the Lord tonight with a heart and a knowing and an expectation and a trust and with faith of saying, God, because I'm walking up here tonight in front of everyone and including you, I'm saying from this day forward, I'm gonna go where you tell me to go. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to quit your job. I'm not saying that. I don't wanna, I don't wanna get a bunch of emails, like 60, 70 emails tomorrow of unemployment stuff. All right? Be wise. But I, I truly know that if we do this as a team, see, it takes people to go, to physically go to another place, but it also takes the team here to facilitate and to pray and to send. It's no different than a military. The colonels and the generals get to stay plush, but the snipers, the entrymen, the tank drivers, they have to go downrange, but they love it. The evangelist has gotta go. The apostle has gotta go. It takes an entire community of believers to do the work of the ministry. It can't all fall on one and his wife. It takes the family. It takes the church. It takes the the body of Christ, and we are the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head. Amen? So when, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, let's start becoming better doers than just listeners. We must become better doers than listeners.